have another edition of the Low J Book Club, and uh, longtime fans of the show know that we love our historical fiction. We're delighted to be talking to New York Times bestselling author. We talked to her last summer for her incredible book, The Librarian Spy. Her latest book came out a week ago, The Keeper of Hidden Books. Hi, Madeline. Hi, Madeline. Hi, Lauren. Lori and Julia. It's so great to be back again. Thank you for having me. Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. How, you know what? You are catching up with Kate Quinn in the historical fiction department, finding oh. amazing stories. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Oh, I love mm-hmm. I love this book. I love the story of friendship, even though it's set in the time of World War II. If you could give people the setup and then we can get into it. Yeah, this is um, basically the story of um, two best friends set in Warsaw during World War II um, in Poland during the Nazi occupation. Um, one is Jewish, one is Polish. And, um, and this really honestly was inspired by these incredible journals that I found by Warsaw's public librarians about their efforts during the Nazi occupation to save books from looting and destruction and even running um, private, like, secret libraries when all the libraries were supposed to be completely shut down per Nazi uh, rule. It's something, I mean, it's the book is so rich and so great and wonderful, but like you said, you you come across these notebooks, and it's something, you know, we've never had you know, war on our land or anything. So I can't even imagine when these two young women, all the things that are going on around them, and then they're like, mission the, li- the life to change save overnight. Overnight. And then, oh, absolutely. And all the things you have to save to save your culture and to save your history. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, so it was interesting because I always research just way more than World War II when I research a new country. So I read, like, you know, I go through and do the political, economic, and social history of that country. And, you know, they've been occupied by Russia for over 120 years. They didn't, um, Poland didn't actually have its independence until after the Treaty of Versailles was signed in 19, after the First World War. Mm-hmm. They had only just celebrated 20 years of independence when the Nazis occupied their country. And even after that, they were under Soviet control until 1990. So, I mean, oh. this, they really were born in this small little bubble of freedom. And they had, they were one of the few generations that had lived in Poland that had ever known a true and complete freedom like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it really was absolutely devastating for them when, when the Nazi occupation swept in and really, yes, like you said, it completely changed their lives overnight. Yeah. And, and you know, I guess I forget or I have forgotten in the history of, World War II, I, I don't really forget like how truly heinous the Nazis were, but I forget yeah. how specifically targeted Polish people were. Yes, and I think a lot of people do forget that. And um, and that was kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book. One was to, you know, just to, to make sure everybody always remembers um, not only the horrible treatment of the Polish civilians, but also the, the Polish-Jewish civilians. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but, you know, really with all the atrocities and all the horrible things, the main thing that I really do try to highlight with this book are, are not necessarily like the atrocities as much because we all know mm-hmm. them, but really the people who worked so hard to help others, who worked, who did what they could to inspire hope, sometimes even at the expense of their own lives. These incredibly brave men and women who sacrificed so much to give their people life and to give their people hope. And that really ultimately is 
is really like one of the biggest goals with this book. And, and one of my major points when I was making, when I was making up, you know, coming up with this idea that I wanted to really drive home. And and that's one of the, you know, dangerous things that I, I think really makes people so upset when people casually try and do that the Nazis weren't that bad or that it wasn't really real. Right. Because one of the things that they were chillingly evil and good at is the declaration of demeaning people by taking away culture, music, yeah. who you are, what you, I mean, everything of your science, right. anything that, I mean, it, it just, it's chilling how good they were at that. And we can never, ever, ever forget that. Absolutely. I mean, even in Poland, um, Jewish children were not allowed to go to school at all. And Polish children were only able to go to school up to fourth grade. They were only able to count up to a certain number. I think it was 100. Um, and they were only allowed to know as much German as they could um, to be able to take orders. Um, aside from that, they were not allowed to be in school. Yeah. And so the, the Polish resistance had this amazing underground network where they actually had um, schools for children. By the end of the war, they had over a million schools. And this really? was from elementary school all the way through graduate programs in college. Isn't that amazing? The One of the things that... Absolutely incredible. If you're just joining us, we're with Madeline Martin, New York Times bestselling author. Her latest is The Keeper of Hidden Books. You maybe have read The Last Bookshop of London or The Librarian Spy, which are both fabulous. Fabulous. And your research that you do, I think, Madeline, it just, you feel it when you're reading the pages. And I think the one thing that struck me is how young, you know, the two women are in, in the book and and how shocking it would be on, like, the first week of occupation to be punched in the face mm-hmm. by a Nazi soldier for saying just something, you know? Yeah. I just, right. the physicality Absolutely. in of what to young girls, I mean, it just it's blew me away. Absolutely. And, you know, there were, there were more, there were darker topics that I didn't yeah, delve sure. into. Um you know, but but yes, women, young women, especially young, attractive women, were very much um, the target of a lot of Nazi attention in an incredibly negative way. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was really, I mean, just nobody was safe. Absolutely. Nobody, right. Was nobody, safe. right. And and speaking up at that, just. Well, and also yeah. the fact that the story is, you know, as, as you know, Julia and I and anyone who listens to her show, you know, we love books. And in the darkest of times or in the happiest times, but everyone who loves reading knows it's such a fun escape. Absolutely. So the fact that, you know, these women and they're passionate about different books, H.G. Uh, Wells, Gone with the Wind comes up, you know, it's having a book club was, yeah. was just such a wonderful um story i guess to discover that that really happened and that book clubs yeah. have been around yeah yes you know the you know it's funny because um when i was thinking of zofia's character our main protagonist i was thinking okay well obviously after like her so many generations of fighting for independence i think she's going to be a really rebellious person really fiery and then of course she's a book lover because i love <laughs> writing about book lovers because mm-hmm. books are such a ubiquitous part of my own personal life and i thought what would a rebellious book lover do and i thought you would read all the books that Hitler was banning in Germany. Yeah. And really, what better way to read books than with your friends? And that's where the idea for the secret book club really came from. Oh, it's such a good book. How long did it take you to Thank research you. this book? 
Oh man, it was um, it was ten months of very very hard research. Um, I I had over a hundred nonfiction books that I used. Wow. I went to Warsaw for two weeks. Um, at the end of it, I had over fifteen spiral bound notebooks that were completely filled with handwritten notes. Wow, that's unbelievable! And you can and, you, and then <laughs> that you can just craft like this really really great. Uh, story, which I know always sounds weird when you're talking about something that happens happened, during World yeah. War II, but right. the book is hopeful and it gives you, it makes you realize, you know, how people will stand up and also calling out to people, humanity, when they look away. Right. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I also wanted people to kind of take away this this sense of appreciating those every little day moments in Mm -hmm. life that are so easy to overlook and Mm -hmm. take for granted to maybe just kind of objectively stand back from time to time and appreciate those. It's, and I love the name Zosha. I know it. I know. Am I saying that right? (laughs) Zosha? Uh, I think it's, you know, honestly, I don't 100% know okay. I'm waiting for my audiobook to come out so I can listen and see how she says it. Because Saskia Marlowe I think it's I think it's Zosha. <laughs> Zosha? I think it's Zosha. Okay. Yeah. And the, the other thing that's come up, which is kind of odd, is like there are like these top travel places that are still affordable, oh, yet you never go going to. And Warsaw was one we were kind of talking about because we have a colleague who went there a few years ago. Tell us about that whole experience. Warsaw is really incredible. So when the Nazis left, when they were ousted um, after the Soviets came in, their ultimate goal was really to destroy the city. It had already been really assaulted in September 1939. Not all of it was rebuilt. And then during the Warsaw Uprising, it had even more of an attack on it. But when the Nazis left, they tried to destroy main buildings. So it would be like the palace, libraries, universities. They drilled holes into these buildings and put dynamite in and blew them up oh. as they were leaving. So 85% of Warsaw was completely destroyed. Wow. So when they came back in, yeah. So when they decided to rebuild Warsaw, um, they actually took these the giant chunks of rubble that they could find and they built new around it. So when you go to Warsaw, you'll walk by a building and you'll see one chunk of it that might be still pockmarked with bullets and darker than the rest of the building. And then it's all new construction around it. And they almost did like a citywide jigsaw puzzle to rebuild Warsaw. And getting to go there and getting to see that and the love and care that was put into rebuilding this city that really was a city of celebrated learning and art and culture, it it really, truly is incredible. I oh, I want to go. No, yeah. I saw yeah. this and I'm like, because yeah. if everything is overpopulated it did, it and kind of make, priced out, it, it did sounds... make one of the lists as one of Europe's most, yes. uh, like that, like you could go there on a hundred dollars a day. Yes. I mean, uh, say, just kind of, it's an affordable place to, to travel that has it a, is, absolutely. A, and has a lot of history. Absolutely. Oh, so much history. I stayed in old town and it was, I stayed in this cool two bedroom Airbnb, which was like right downtown. And it was like $100 a night. Yep. That's what um, Taxis were like $5. Um, no matter whatever we took, it was like $5. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, I, I'm such a history nerd. So whenever I go to a new place in Europe, I always do a search for museums that are near me. Yeah. And within a one-mile radius, there was probably like 15 different museums that I could just walk to that were less than a mile away. And it was like yeah, you know, and he, heaven he, for me. Yeah, oh, I was going to say you had to be just in heaven. Now, did you make an accidental... Absolutely discovery on this research for the keeper of hidden books that has led you to your next book 
Um, no, no, but I do have my next book that I'm working on frantically for my deadline right now. And that one is also still about books. It's called The Book Lover's Library. Okay. And this one is going to be set in Nottingham, England. Oh. And um, for, for people who loved The Last Bookshop in London, yes. there's a little bit of time where they went to London, where she goes to London, and there might or might not be a cameo. Oh, <laughs> fun. I'll leave it at that. You, you know, what a treat. Madeline Martin, the book is The Keeper of Hidden Books. Before we let you go, we have to ask you, Madeline, what's the last, if you have time with your kids and everything going on, great book that you read. Um, Besides you know, your book. I just, <laughs> Thank you. I just finished um, actually reading Starring Adela Stare by Eliza Knight. Um, I actually read it the second time because I'd read it while she was writing it, and then I've read it like again after like it's come out and everything. Oh, it's so good. So it's actually about Adela Stare, who is Fred Astaire's sister, which most people don't even know that Fred had a sister, but she was actually more popular during that time period of like when they were really huge than Fred was. Oh, and wow. it's just, it's such a well-written book. It's, it's absolutely, I couldn't recommend it more. I love it. That oh, sounds fun. right up our alley, Madeline. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations to you on another um, winner. And, and just, we love books and yeah, we're so happy to have you. You're a great storyteller. And I, the friendship between the girls, just, that was just everything. And we love Kathleen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yes, Kathleen's amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. It's it's interesting because yeah, Kathleen, the publicist, Kathleen Carter, <laughs> so many of you guys who she works with always, always give her such a big shout out in your her books. Yeah. Because she's such a champion. I mean, that's really, that's just really fun to read because she's so wonderful. She really absolutely is. I'm very grateful to be working with her. And I'm so grateful to have gotten the opportunity to speak with you ladies again. Thank oh. you so much again for having me. Oh, well, oh we'll Madeline. talk to you next year. Thank you for your time. Good. Oh, gosh. All right. The keeper, thank you. The Keeper of Hidden thank Books, you. we've got two copies to give away. Give us a buzz. If you haven't won one in a while. Mm-hmm.